So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Sundown in the Paris of the prairie. We kings of all treasures buried. All you hear are the rusty breezes Pushing around the weather vane Jesus Zippolider he sees the killer's face Maybe it's someone standing in a killer's place Twenty years for nothing, well, that's nothing new besides. No one's interested in something you didn't do. We kings and pretty things. Let's just see. Hey guys, welcome back to Hosers. This is Chris. Joining me as always is my co-host Carter Lupel. What's going on, man? How's it going, Chris? It's going good. Um, listen, guys, before we get into episode 11, uh, I wanted to just uh, quickly point out um, a terrible tragedy that happened last week that has uh, not only shaken the, the hockey community, but uh, Canada as a whole. And of course, I'm talking about uh, the tragedy with the Humboldt Broncos. I just wanted to address it and quickly say that uh, they are definitely in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, those who are with us and those who are, are no longer with us, it's definitely something that we're thinking about and thinking of you. Um, and uh, and that's that's really all I had to say about it. Do you have anything that you'd like to add, Carter? Uh, no, that's obviously it's something like a terrible thing that's shaken the hockey world. Um, just moving forward, uh, Thursday the 12th, is uh, there's been an initiative a couple of the parents um, on the Humboldt team uh, are wearing hockey jerseys and trying to start a Canada-wide initiative uh, this Thursday um, so if you are able to wear a hockey jersey or a jersey of any kind uh, that day just in support of those who lost their lives in the Humboldt bus crash absolutely thanks for that man um, and another thing I'll point out is that the GoFundMe is still active. I know I've donated, Carter, I know you have as well. Um, and if you have any opportunity to donate, um, every little bit counts. I think it's just closing in on about $7 million. Uh, it's Tuesday evening. Um, and for me, it's been obviously, it's, it's such a tragedy and, and you know I can never quite find the right words to say uh, with, with something like this. But what I will say is that it's, incredible the hockey community coming together um for humboldt and saskatchewan um not only their league but hockey as a sport as a community canada as a country and even our our friends all over the world who are part of this family um are 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 being as supportive as they can and i think that's phenomenal um and it makes me very proud to be in any part uh, a part of the hockey family absolutely so with that this episode is going to be dedicated to the Humboldt Broncos, obviously. I think that goes without saying. 
And we are going to be talking today. You can't really have any good transition here, buddy. I'm sorry. It's going to be a pretty bad transition from such a, a serious topic. But today we're going to talk about our uh, NHL playoff brackets. The playoffs are starting tomorrow. So I don't know about you, but I was getting the vibe that every hockey podcast ever did a new episode tonight <laughs> leading into the, to, to the playoffs. And, and so I was unsure. We have to. Yeah, of course. I called you on the way home. I was like, buddy, we got to do something. So uh, I'm excited that we're going to get an opportunity to do that. Um, now, before we get into it, were there any teams that didn't make the playoffs that you were kind of feeling a particular way about before we get into our predictions? Um, not really. Like, I, I think it was all pretty, pretty cut and dry. Like, those that, um, like, it was a pretty big divide. Like, once you look at the standings I'm, I'm just trying to my my internet's a little slow here but I'm just trying to find the uh, like the standings here like the point divide was like pretty significant yeah um, I mean I think it was certainly like I mean Florida not being able to get in is just a travesty <laughs> as yeah. you know um, the basically in the east at least they were a point behind uh, New Jersey and Columbus to get in. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty devastating for Florida after having such an amazing resurgence towards the second half of the season. And then yeah. to your point, the team below Florida was Carolina, uh, who were about 13 points back. Um, yeah. So oh, absolutely. huge disparity um, that way. The way that the a... East... Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's the thing. Like, you're, like all of the like the teams that definitely didn't make it definitely didn't make it and then oh, yeah. you feel for teams like the blues and the stars who like fought for the back half and everything mm-hmm. um like those guys came in like with some good points but like just not enough you know yeah absolutely and I, it, it's a good point i mean for me i'm i'm so interested in the bottom of the league um with the uh draft lottery coming i think it's happening in the next two or three oh, weeks don't so even get me start like <laughs> i don't know why montreal is winning now well try, we're trying, trying to, to win. win yeah or we're trying to win all they're doing is they're pushing their spots out of the way like it's ridiculous yeah i mean buffalo cushioned themselves a nice little spot in the basement here uh with <laughs> 62 points uh just brutal season from buffalo yeah, and, and i know 62 we, that I is know. insane I know we touched on them a little bit, but you know you, you got to hope that things start to turn around there. I read a really interesting article um, from Ryan O'Reilly yesterday talking about how he felt like he has lost the love of the game multiple times the last couple of seasons. Um, and yeah. I know I was very hard on Ryan O'Reilly last episode, and a lot of it is you know for good reason. But you yeah. never want to hear about any athlete, um, professional athlete. You know, talking about how they've lost the love of the game, which is terrible because I think on a good team, he would be, you know, a phenomenal two way, you know, two way center. Um, oh, or even absolutely. if they put him on the wing, two way forward, I think, think he's, he's good. They got to move on from him, though. I, I meant what I said last week. Oh, even, even just on like a personal level to let him get his spark back. Like you'd hate to see an organization like the NHL take away somebody's love for the game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you don't wish that and you, and you don't want that. Right. So yeah. that, you know, that certainly layers into it. I know, um, Eugene Melnick and Pierre Dorian are having their, uh, almost like a town <laughs> hall this evening. I've read a couple quotes, but 
I don't know enough about it to really speak to it, but sounds like they're doing their uh, typical like deferring the blame game, uh, which is unsurprising. Are they just putting it on Duchesne. No, I think they're they're <laughs> so that talking. That was a joke, Chris. <laughs> you can laugh there. I I know I I'm like Captain <laughs> Serious when it comes to that team just because of the trouble that they've had. Um, Arizona, obviously, bottom three. Um, you know what what can I really say about that? It's interesting that they re-signed Ranta because I think Ranta is a legit starting goaltender. Uh, hopefully he starts off to a better season and, and not injured like he was at the beginning of this season. But yeah. he was playing really good towards the end. Do you think he was deserving of that contract that he got towards the end there? Um, I'm not like... Did you watch the the game they played against the Sedins? No, not really. You know what? This, I guess last week, rather, I didn't watch too, too much hockey. But, uh, so I mean, I saw the Sedin games and the send-offs and all that stuff. But, um, but what are you like, referring to? The overtime game? Yeah, the Phoenix took him to overtime, and he played like an animal. Like, I don't know. I, I, I guess he had something to fight for. Like, yeah, I did get to watch the overtime, which was pretty magical, um, seeing them score the overtime goal. I didn't watch that game, just just the OT, obviously. But, uh, leading um, up to it, like he definitely earned some sort of contract. Like he, You can tell <laughs> like it, it's easy for anybody who doesn't have a contending playoff spot like in those last 10 games to kind of throw in the towel and mosey it a bit. Yeah. But that was a wild game to watch. It's funny because I think you're implying that you should give him a three-year contract based on one game, which sounds like something Arizona management would do. So not implying <laughs> that. I'm just saying he's still got something left, you know. So it's and Definitely. maybe that's the something that can help Arizona maybe dig themselves out of the hole. Get out of the hole. Yeah. No, I agree but with that. There, there's some life left between the pipes. That's all I'm saying. Nope, I could not agree more. I leg- I think he's a legit starter. Um, yeah. It'll just be interesting to see what happens. We've got Montreal and Detroit. Um, Montreal, then Detroit, obviously. Um, I'm sure our friend uh, Thomas is pretty upset that Detroit was able to uh, pull ahead by two points over Montreal in terms yeah, of the did overall Detroit finish things. with, like, 70 73. points or something? Fuck, yeah. that was... That's a bad Detroit, Detroit Yeah, 73 finish. points. Montreal was 71 points. Uh, then you move into Vancouver, who also had 73 points. Um, I have a correction from last episode. Uh, our same friend, Thomas Williams, uh, was quick to point out that I forgot to talk about Elias Pettersson and uh, Jonathan Dolan, I believe his name is, uh, who are two very good prospects in Vancouver system that I completely forgot about. Um, Elias Patterson has had an amazing season in the, I think he's playing in the SHL, might be playing in the uh, Elsvenskin, which is like the minor, not minor, but the, the league below the SHL um, in Sweden. Um, and he had a crazy year. Uh, so people are projecting him to play next year, which I think is great. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, Jonathan Dahlin, uh, who was an Ottawa prospect that was traded uh, for Alex Burroughs when that trade happened. So I think Vancouver is going to make Ottawa look pretty stupid um, mm-hmm. because Alex Burroughs is Alex Burroughs, and you've got this kid <laughs> lighting it up over in Sweden. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. Then uh, right after Vancouver, we got uh, Chicago and the New York Rangers, followed by Edmonton. The Islanders, Carolina, Calgary, and then we get into Dallas, St. Louis, 
Just uh, back to the Rangers really quick. Did you hear about the the Kovalchuk buzz in the Rangers? Yeah, I did. Um, I thought that was interesting. And I know in our like standings here, we're talking about worst to best. I know that's kind of a weird way of doing it. But yeah, yeah it's interesting with the Rangers because um, the Kovalchuk buzz doesn't surprise me. I know earlier this year it was rumored that he was hoping to go to uh, the Rangers. He was tied to the Rangers. I think he's either got family in New York or, or a home or something in New York. But yeah. of course, his rights were being withheld by New Jersey until Kovalchuk, um, Kovalchuk's birthday, which is um, like his birthday this year before he'd be able to come back to the NHL. And if he mm-hmm. does come to the Rangers, you wonder, you know, does that expedite their plans if they're able to land, you know, some some quality free agents uh, this summer. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. What Didn't do you they ju- like? I th- I think TSN just announced that they picked him up though for three years. Seriously? Yeah. Let me let me go to let me try and see what I just I was just scrolling through something and there's just the Rangers and Kovalchuk for three years. I think. Yeah, I'm just looking now and it says that. It's reported that he's coming back, but it's not official yet. You still there? Yeah. Yeah, it says that he's reported to come back, but it's not official yet. Oh, okay. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to look at what I. Because his rights become available. Um, to my point a second ago, when he turns 35, and he turns 35 yeah. on the 15th of April, so that's I think the earliest that he can sign a contract because. Uh, his team in the KHL SKA St. Petersburg was knocked out by CSKA uh, a couple of days ago. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to find the post that I saw. Maybe he looks at coming back to a deal like three years, but yeah, it's not official yet. It won't be oh, made okay. official for another S- set to sign at two to three year deal with New York Rangers. Interesting. That's what I. That's what I read. He's still, you know, I think he's still like a top power play guy. I think he's a guy that still, you know, can make things happen, um, even strength as well. It'll just <laughs> yeah. be interesting to see, right? Because New York is, you know, I, I feel like they're very much in a transitional place. Like I know we've talked about this before, but I don't think they're going to, you know, keep the likes of Zuccarello and, and some of the other tenured players on that team. Um, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like Zuccarello gets traded at the draft personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. I feel like there were some other teams that were super surprising that they did, they just couldn't put it together this year, right? And St. Louis is one that kind of kills me because you saw the Stastny trade when they decided to trade him from St. Louis to Winnipeg, and yeah. they were literally a point out of a playoff spot. Um, how do the players on that team not look at the situation and look at management and go like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" Oh, absolutely. And you saw such promise like out of St. Louis the first half of the season. Yeah, Hutton played out of his mind. I oh, insane. Very concerned about Jake Allen. Like, I don't know what's going on with him and i know he had some confidence issues and things like that last year he took a a bit of a break from the game uh, and and had some things that were going on but yeah you you just you just never know right and and i think that that he shouldn't have a confidence issue though he's got the hottest kit in the league (laughs) oh well for you know matching it up that way dallas we (laughs) talked about already calgary uh we've talked about a little bit as well um it was really, really interesting because I expected Glenn Gullitson to get fired this past Monday. And yeah. of course, with everything going on in, in Western Canada and just Canada as a whole with the, the, the Broncos situation, um, I, I feel like he was 
destined to get fired on Monday. And with everything that's gone on, obviously, um, no moves like that have been made, which is completely understandable given the circumstances in Western Canada right now. Well, New Um, York didn't hesitate to let theirs go. Yeah, with with uh, AV gone, it'll be interesting yeah. to see because I think I don't think he's he's off the block for very long, um, no. and it was interesting because a few places have rumored that uh, Sheldon Keefe, who's the uh, kind of the wonder coach for the Toronto Marlies, uh, may may take a look at going to a place like New York. Um, oh, amazing! Which would be incredible because we know that he's never going to coach the Leafs as long as Babcock's in the situation. Yeah. And as much as I love Sheldon Keefe, you know, it would be really great to see him get his shot uh, in the NHL. And I think maybe it, he maybe he can take uh, Brian Smith with him or what's his name? <laughs> oh, Ben Smith. Ben Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you uh, besmirch the good name of Ben Smith. The, the Marley life or the forever Marley. Well, you know, what's crazy, too, is that he had a great season this year, right? Um, yeah. Playing for the Marlies. And I know you gave me an autographed photo of Ben Smith that's currently on my fridge right now <laughs> um, for my birthday this year, which is another story altogether when you worked for MLSE. But um, <laughs> pretty, pretty funny circumstances around that. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like Carolina was a huge disappointment this year. Um, I know uh, Jeff Merrick has always said that Carolina is like a hipster pick. And I always thought that analogy was funny because every year you want Carolina to finally do something and they never do. Well, we'll uh, talk about Carolina a bit. Like I, I, I base my, my draft or my, my playoff bracket. I, I, I split the NHL into new and old NHL. And like, I, I split it like pre 2005 lockout post 2005 lockout. Yeah. Like that's that's where I divide like old NHL, new NHL. Yeah. Um, and the first team to win it back in the new NHL was Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I remember how huge that was. Definitely. Well, I feel like Carolina is like a shell of what they used to be in some areas. Like you look at yeah. Eric Stahl and this like resurgence year that he had. You know, Eric Stahl scored forty goals for the Minnesota Wild. Um, and in my opinion, probably you know, the hottest wild player right now, um, you know, in in Minnesota. But it's crazy because if if they had had any of that, you wonder if Carolina um, had a bit more of a spark up front that, you know, that they'd be in a a better spot than, you know, on the outside of the the playoff picture and and looking in, right? Um, Out considerably. Like we're talking, you know, uh, about uh, 12, yeah, 12, 13 points away from a playoff spot. So, yeah, it, it's concerning that way for sure, um, especially with Carolina and, and how much promise that they had going into the year with Scott Darling. Everyone was pretty sure that he was going to be their solution to some of the goaltending woes that they had. And, you know, I'm just not convinced. Like, I think Scott Darling was sheltered a lot in Chicago, and that's why some of his numbers seem to be pretty inflated. Yeah. Um, and he just had a terrible season. So, I don't know. Sorry, Carolina. <laughs> But anyways, um, let's let's move away from the the losers and get into the winners, so to speak. Um, now, when we look at the way that everything shaped up, um, let's take a quick look at the Eastern Conference. Obviously, you had uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Philly in the Metropolitan Division. Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto in the Atlantic. And your wild card was Columbus and New Jersey, yeah. right? And in our Western Conference, we had Nashville, who won the President's Trophy, which is uh, pretty dope. Pretty exciting for uh, for the Nashville listeners yeah. out there. 
117 <laughs> points. It's pretty gross. Ooh. I know. They, they did really well. And then just behind them was Winnipeg and then Minnesota and the Central Pacific. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. The Vegas Golden Knights, followed by Anaheim, <laughs> Anaheim excuse me, and San Jose. And then in the wild card, we had LA and Colorado. So um, do you want to get your... Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, Chris, you were wrong out of the way before we get into our brackets here. No, I'm not a gloater. Really? No, I'll, I'll gloat if they win. Okay. Well, without further ado, this is the uh, 2018 Stanley Cup playoffs bracket by Chris and Carter of the Hosers podcast. <laughs> All right, let's get started. So let's start uh, in the West. We'll go left to right here. Um, okay. You can start with the uh, Nashville and the Colorado series. What do you think is going to happen? Who's going to move on? Let's get into it. Um, I have Nashville going on for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, I have them going on in four games. You had them going in four games? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, have, it go- I have it going quick. I have it going in five games. I think Colorado will get one in on Nashville. Um, I think so. Yeah, I do. Like, what were what were your, some of your thoughts around why Nashville is going to be able to do it, and, and why Colorado, uh, you know, might struggle that way? Um, if we just look at the season that Colorado had, and like how, like Colorado fared against Nashville this year, like I, I think Nashville is like a big imposing shadow over Colorado this series. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you look at Colorado, the front half of the season, and Nashville, like they. There are two different hockey teams in two different leagues, you know? Yeah. And so I, Colorado definitely knows this going into the round, and it's going to be hard to shake that weight. So I, um, I see Nashville, especially with like Fisher back and like just the extreme depth that they have, just tiring them out like more than anything and like sticking it to them in four games. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I think for me, uh, it's it's less about the shortcomings of uh, or sorry more about the shortcomings of Colorado and less about the strengths of Nashville. Like we know yeah. what Nashville is. Nashville <clears throat> is far and away the better team. Um, yeah. You obviously get that by having a team that's in the wild card in Colorado and the, the first seed uh, Nashville. Um, I think for me the biggest thing with um, with Nashville in particular, is that they've got the best defenseman in the league. They've got a great coach, yeah. lots of fire in their belly after getting so close to winning the cup last year. But I don't think that the Avalanche have enough experience, um, and, and I do no. feel like the Predators are going to win in five. What I will say as well is is that um, Jonathan Bernier, being a Leaf fan and seeing Bernier um, just crumble um, anytime there's any any ounce of pressure it really worries me what he's going to be able to do and with Varlamov being injured um I I just don't think that they have what it takes so uh, I'm in agreement with you their only their only saving grace would be to keep um keep their special teams out on the ice because that's the only place they have an advantage over Nashville yeah yeah. they seem to do a little bit better on the special teams that they do but I don't think that's enough to take them through the round yeah, I agree with you on that. Now, from a goaltending perspective, obviously Pekarene being the just the animal he is. Yeah, Vesna winner this year, uh, far and away at least for me. Um, as I said, the goaltending for me, like I, th- I, I am a, a big believer that you know goalies will win you um, 
you know, several games in the playoffs and you can count on some of the good ones to take you even further. Uh, yeah. But I just, it, it, it really concerns me the way that this is going. So we'll just have yeah. to, we'll have to see how it all pans out. But um, moving forward here, what was your, uh, what was the second uh, matchup that we were looking at? I guess it would be Winnipeg versus <laughs> Minnesota. I had uh, Winnipeg going five games over Minnesota. Did you? Okay, interesting. I had uh, Winnipeg uh, basically in six games. Yeah. What was your reasoning behind that? It's all the cards are stacked on one side. Like it's like if you look at how Minnesota plays and how Winnipeg plays, even though they're kind of close in standings, like they're. I I just think as far like insofar as momentum goes yeah winnipeg has it on their side absolutely like they're, they're a hungry team they made some moves come the deadline they're ready to go yeah i feel the same way and i think that the interesting thing that's i don't know it's just the first thing that kind of comes to mind is that winnipeg's all in right now um yeah. they've got an incredible top six and i think they've got a deep team as a whole um adding some yeah. guy like paul stastny is huge for that team and i mean we've already talked about how that may look at like kind of a a shitty move from st louis's end but i think this is exactly what winnipeg needed to do to bolster chances especially uh from a forward standpoint the other thing that you have to look at is uh dustin bufflin i think that he's been phenomenal uh and i think that you know when you are putting them kind of uh, against one another dustin bufflin might be the, the most dominant um you know right-handed defenseman in the western conference as far yeah. as i'm concerned well, and then and he de- as much as i don't like bufflin he deserves some hardware like he yeah he put he put in some work this year and and you have a hungry line a like like being out for those games and missing out on those points that he like would have definitely racked up yeah like you have like he's on a mission now right so Absolutely. I, I think, too, like when you look at it from Minnesota's perspective, um, I think the only reason that they will, like Minnesota will be able to get through is be, going to be because of Devin Dubnik. Um, he's had a 937 save percentage and a 1.70 goals against average in the last yeah. seven games. And I mean, I, I think that that's probably the best thing about Minnesota right now. Obviously, Zach Parise is healthy again, and, and he's had a really great line with Quavu um, and Granlund. But, you know, I look at the back end there, and, and I know that Jared Spurgeon's back now, but with Ryan Suter being out, who's a guy who is occupying, you know, 26 or 27 minutes a game on your back end, he's not yeah. coming back until next year. Um, and then... You know, you have a guy like Matt Dumba who I think might be able to fill in the gap a little bit here, but um, I, I just don't see it. Unless Devin Dubnik, Dubnik, sorry, it's a hard name to say sometimes. Doobie, <laughs> let's call him. Um, Doobie. Unless he like absolutely stands on his head, I, I just don't see <clears throat> any scenario where Minnesota uh, gets out of this alive. In fact, the only scenario I see where Minnesota is able to topple over um, the uh, the Jets is if. There's just too much pressure, uh, too much pressure for Connor Hellebuck, um, and he might not be able to to hold it together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when do you subscribe to like the season series at all? Like basically how those teams did against each other during the season? Uh, I look at it <clears throat> at first glance, but it's different hockey. Like if we, like I know it's like really shitty to 
like do. But if you look at the whole Duchesne thing and like he he traded from Colorado because he wanted to play playoff hockey, like that's the mentality of these hockey players. Yeah. Like it's a completely different world as soon as the clock strikes playoffs. So yeah, absolutely. Like, <clears throat> and I, I sorry, go ahead. Like no, just like it's like a total Cinderella story. Like anything can happen. Like we we've seen it time and time again upset after upset from the underdog or from like somebody like playoff hockey is a completely different game so i i look at it to see just what the numbers were like just from a curiosity curiosity standpoint but i don't let it hold it any weight too much in my um my decision making absolutely one thing that i'll mention too because because i am a a, a big subscriber believer (laughs) in the season series um and the jets won three of the four games against the wild this year um and you know another thing that i think kind of goes under the radar just with winnipeg as a whole but certainly um it'll be interesting to see how he does in the playoffs is kyle connor um who quietly had 31 goals this year and i think was a rookie candidate that kind of fell under the radar um and as i said i think if connor hellebuck can you know you know, maintained, uh, like maintain and, and have composure, um, th- that I think, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting. He led all goalies this year with 44 wins. Um, and this yeah. was kind of his first like real year as the starter. Cause we all know what happened to, uh, to Mason. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but, uh, so what was yours again? You, you thought that it was going to be in, sorry, five games. And I said it was yeah. going to be six games. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good, buddy. I like it. I think Eric Stahl might put up, uh, a couple of goals here. Maybe Jason Zucker will put up a couple goals. I think that they'll be able to get a, a couple victories over the Jets, but the Jets are going to beat them for sure. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, <laughs> I'm very interested to see how we differ on Vegas versus LA. I'll let you make your argument first. Well, not much of an argument. I have Vegas going in seven games. Okay, explain I, yourself. Uh, explain. Well, so here's the thing. Like, I, I split it up like my hockey into new NHL, old NHL, like I said. Um, And then if we look at Pittsburgh and how many cups that they've won, like they've won three, I believe, since the new NHL. And Fleury was really only a net for one of those cups. Like if we're going to go back to the subscription of goaltending being one of your make or break components, like Fleury is not a playoff goalie. Well, I think he is, but I think part of the problem here has been injury to either himself or to somebody else. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, he's been injured, but also when he like came back and flopped and they went back to Matt Murray these past two years. Yeah. Like it was like I think it was the Lightning series that he came back, um, lost two games and they went right back or lo- like he came in the back half of one of the games and then um had one game after that and then they went like right back to Matt Murray after he had two losses mm-hmm. and so Flurry is coming off of two like like those those seasons are those like playoff runs are haunting Flurry right now yeah I would agree um, with that for sure and Vegas even though they have like they have these matured hockey players like that do have the composure they're still a young team obviously because of the like the net, like the ages that they have but as well as their first year um i think they're going to get by la but i think they're it's going to take some time to adjust to playoff hockey yeah that's true um and when you have like a back end with people like dowdy and Fanuf and everything like 
it's going to be a like they're going to be a tough wall to to get past their first round i think yeah i think you know there's there's some interesting arguments that you had there i think for me um you know i i obviously expected you to pick the golden knights um i'm actually going to go the other way um i think that the kings will beat them out in six and and hear me out so when i looked at putting some information together for this i wanted to make sure that i looked as i said a few minutes ago at the season series because i think there's a lot of a lot of stuff um you can kind of read between the lines as far as that goes now in the season series um the golden knights and the kings were split two and two so one win each uh in overtime so that was interesting um the other thing that i look at is i look at kind of the golden knights you know obviously they're an incredible team first expansion team to start from scratch and you know i wouldn't say claw their way into the playoffs but they they were in the playoffs they have a lot of players on their team that have um you know experience obviously you you mentioned a few minutes ago mark andre fleury you know james neal they did some tinkering by adding thomas tatar but their offense kind of dipped right um and and that was an interesting point that i saw uh when going through this here now the other side of it is they've got a guy like William Carlson, Carlson, who scored 43 goals, and you know, obviously Flurry when he's on, he's on. The concern yeah. that I have is that let's say, for example, Flurry, you know, has uh, a couple of bad games, and they need to put like Subban in the net, um, or really any of their other goalies who have played for them this year. Um, <laughs> the jersey they hung up. Yeah, exactly. Game, game and whoever <laughs> whoever could fit into it could wear it. Um, the thing that, that is, is kind of strange to me is that if Fleury, for some reason, doesn't play the way that he's played all season and they have to get Subban in there, I'm just concerned about their goaltending more than anything, but yeah. also with their offense coming down to like 2.5 goals a game, which ended up being the sixth worst overall and worst among, amongst playoff teams, yeah. it's... It's interesting to see if, if that's going to really do anything for them. Um, just the fact that, you know, you, you got to score goals. you got to obviously keep the puck out of your net. Uh, but if Fleury can't do them for it, I'm not confident in their backup should the backup yeah. have to play. Now, well, like Fleury, Fleury's skull's an eggshell. Like it's... Yeah, well, like that and I think, you know, you and I can't really put ourselves in those shoes. But I feel like when he's down, he's down. Like he his confidence oh, yeah. is will waver a little bit which is concerning now the kings are used to this idea of being like uh you know a bottom seed team or a wild card team coming in and winning um you guys know that they've struggled obviously um they've 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 won it they've won it twice haven't they since the nhl yeah they have it's interesting just because of the way that they play and the resurgence of some of the players on their team right Um, absolutely I think that they've got an amazing shot to beat the Golden Knights. In fact, as I said, I think that they're going to beat them in the first round here. Um, yeah. I look at the season that Anze Kopitar has had and this resurgence of Dustin Brown, which, by the way, he still plays for the Kings. <laughs> After he got stripped of his captaincy and it ended up going to Kopitar, I was absolutely positive that Brown was out of town. And I know yeah. a couple of nights ago, ago, he scored four goals, which was crazy. You've yeah. also got Jeff Carter, who's you know amazing in the playoffs as we know and i think you still have drew doughty and jonathan quick i know that they've you know been able to win it twice in the last uh, five or six years and i feel like 
they are a experienced team that will yeah. be able to handle a team that's never felt the pressure of of being in the playoffs before, right? Yeah. Oh, and I like just on goaltending alone, I I would pick Quick 10 times out of 10 over Flurry. Yeah, and I don't think Jonathan Quick is anything special. Uh, I know that's kind of a, a, a pretty normal take for people to have in 2018, yeah. but you can't you can't argue his resume and what he's been able no. to do. Um, well, he's just like what you see is what you get. He's like a pizza, pizza, pizza. You know what I mean? Oh, please explain that analogy to me, Carter. That makes no sense. Any pizza, pizza you go to, it's exactly the same. It's always okay, and you're always pretty satisfied. Right, and the dipping sauce has to end up saving the day. So are you saying that um, Anze Kopitar and Dustin Brown are the dipping sauce? (laughs) I guess you could say that. (laughs) Just reminds me of the time that you and I ate in it. Well, I won't get into that story, but let's just say you and I had a tummy ache that night. We're not 16 anymore, right? Yeah, your body doesn't <laughs> let you do that. Okay, so you think King, or you think Knights rather, and I think Kings. That's our first disagreement. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into uh, Anaheim and San Jose. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's gonna be a great series, but I think um, San Jose is gonna take it in six. Okay. Let's let's hear why. Uh, they're just a hungry team. Like they came in just under Anaheim. Um, but I like, if you're looking at like goals and their special teams and everything like that, like, and their goaltending San Jose has the cards stacked in their favor. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I think they have a bit going for them and they've been like a, a fun team to watch this year, like on and off the ice. Like when you have big personalities like Burns and Thornton, mm-hmm. like they're like, they have the crowd behind them. And they also have like the NHL community behind them as well. Like even if you weren't a San Jose fan, you became one this year just by watching, like watching their antics and their exceptional play. Um, the one thing that I will give them is that Thornton is not a playoff hockey player by any means. Okay, what do you mean by that? Well, if you just if you look back at how Thornton used to play with Boston. Um, and even Thornton's runs with San Jose in the playoffs, he, it's like he doesn't show up. It's like it's a shell of Thornton on the ice, but it's not. I think part of that too, though, is that you know he's he's an older guy now. He's had injury problems in the playoffs before. Um, yeah, and he hasn't but, even played since January, right? Like, yeah. So it's we don't even know if he's going to be in Game One at the, at least no, from my understanding. No, absolutely not. But. Like, you, you wonder if he's going to be rested and be a new Thornton or if he's going to be the Thornton that we're used to seeing in the playoffs that's at about 80%, you know? Yeah, and, and I think with that injury, like, lingering, yeah. you're right. Like, I, I, I love Joe Thornton. I think he's one of the best playmakers in the game. But I think with oh, the knee problems that he's had, it's kind of a wild card, right? Like, whether he's going to be able to bring it or not. Well, yeah, like you can't bet on him in the playoffs, and that's that's the tough part for him because he's such a phenomenal hockey player. It I it like pains me to say that I can't bet on Joe Thornton okay. in the playoffs. So sorry, I I feel like an idiot here. Did you say sharks or ducks? I said sharks. Sorry, just like all like Thornton aside, I think sharks are going to take it in six. Okay, I uh, I also had the sharks. Um, I had the sharks in five. Okay. Um, 
And you know what? I've been flexing. Like, this is the one that I, like, to be honest, this is a series, like, I'm not super, super interested in. And I think yeah, there's... I a, myself as well. I think there's the potential that it could go to seven. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. For me, like I've said before, the health of your goalie is, you know, yeah. probably your biggest concern. John Gibson has played super, super... Uh, amazing hockey for the Ducks this year but he's had this upper body injury that's been kind of a nagging issue and even though he's expected to play at some point I think they're largely going to be relying on a guy um, like Ryan Miller their backup goalie Uh, I'm not convinced that Ryan Miller is uh, a good enough goalie to get them out of the first round um, at his age now Um, yeah but you know I'm not the first person to say this, but I think that their strength as a team when healthy is their is their um, centers. Uh, obviously, you've got a guy like Getzloff, Kessler as a number two, Antoine Vermette, and then they also uh, were able to get Henrique uh, in that trade with New Jersey earlier this year when Vatnin went the other way, which I think was kind of a mutually beneficial trade because you got a guy like Henrique that's able to slot in as your third center, and then you have Vermette that you can use as a fourth-line center and on your penalty kill. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Um, you know, And you look at the Sharks, obviously Joe Thornton has a couple of question marks around whether that injury is going to nag or not. But for me, it's you know such a great move by the Sharks to pick up a guy like Evander Kane. Um, listen... Evander Kane, if we look at just the hockey side, which I know is hard to look at given that he's such a shithead off of the ice, you cannot, yeah. under any circumstance, you know, not look at the performance that he's had since getting traded oh, to he, San Jose. He, he's been phenomenal since the trade. Like, unbelievable. So we're talking yeah. nine goals, five assists in 17 games um, towards the end of the yeah. season. Um, and... He, he was just playing incredible, um, and I think that he is going to end up re-signing. I know we talked about it on our trade deadline edition that you know there was no way that he was going to end up staying there, and I think if a guy like Joe Thornton doesn't come back, Shark, the Sharks already have the cap space to do some interesting things this year. Um, yeah. I think it'll be fascinating if they're able to keep a guy like Kane, who is, as far as I can see, a, a goal scorer for a team that has had challenges scoring goals with Marlowe leaving. Um, and I think he, he slots in uh, in a nice spot to replace a guy like Patrick Marlowe. Oh, absolutely. All right. So I think we just did our – did we just do our entire Western Conference? Yeah, we got through the first round. Okay, perfect. So why don't we go conference by conference until we get to the final? Does that work for you? I think it might just be easier for people to understand kind of where we're coming from on that end. Sure, yeah. Okay, so let's continue on the left side. We're going to move into the second round of the Western Conference. Um, you had picked Nashville and Winnipeg, right? Yeah. And so did I. Um, so let's look at that second round matchup. If you saw Nashville and Winnipeg uh, playing against each other, who who wins that? Uh, I got Nashville going. Yeah, I have Winnipeg going. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, so I have Winnipeg in seven. Um, it's so hard to predict the amount of games. Like, fuck, that's the worst part. Sometimes I just feel like I'm throwing a number, like, off the top of my head. But I think that, by far, has the potential to be the most interesting um, matchup. And and to me, there's no way that that doesn't happen. Like, I really don't see Colorado or Minnesota getting ahead of either of those teams. Uh, What was your thoughts in picking Nashville? Uh, I just just the powerhouse that Nashville is like even though Winnipeg 
is hungry and they have some players that are starting to make some amazing strides, I think Nashville's just going to trump it. Absolutely. Now, one thing I really like about the bracket challenge through the NHL website is you can click on like the statistics here and it'll yeah. give you the team who has the edge. So oh, there's some interesting things here. And if you haven't had an opportunity to do that in your own bracket, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's really interesting to see how it all st- stacks up. So if we look at Nashville's um, you know, couple of metrics here, you've got goals per game, goals against per game, power play percentage, penalty kill percentage, face-off win percentage and point percentage. Nashville wins uh, four of those um, six categories. Um, The only one that uh, Winnipeg wins is goals per game and power play percentage. Which are big ones in the playoffs. Yeah, of course. Goals per game is obviously such a huge thing. Um, I feel like Winnipeg has a few more offensive threats um, than Nashville, and, and obviously the numbers, so to speak, are saying the same thing. Um, and, and I feel like Winnipeg is going to outscore Nashville, um, which is why I feel like they're going to take them in seven. Okay. I, I just think like Nashville's back end has the capability to shut them down. Yeah, I feel like that too, but I think like their, their top four is impressive. Obviously like you, they're probably the best top four in all of hockey. Um, but I think if, if Winnipeg can, can line match them a little bit, that yeah. uh, that that's going to play into it. And, and mind you, the goals per game difference isn't huge. No. Um, it's really not. You're looking at uh, 3.33 from Winnipeg and 3.18 from Nashville. So nothing huge here. But I, I do think, you know, I'm feeling pretty confident about Winnipeg, man. Like they <laughs> they are a team that 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 kind of scares me. I don't really have like a like a, a second team that I follow. I did when I was younger. Like I used to love the Kings because I think Doughty's probably one of my favorite defensemen. But in yeah. the last few years, I think it's been so easy to fall in love with Winnipeg um, and, and the personalities. Like I love Wheeler and I love Line A, obviously. Shifley, I used to watch play for the Barry Colts. Um, you know, so for me, there's, there's some love there. But uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Now, what did you like about Nashville over Winnipeg? Uh, aside from their defense, was there? <laughs> aside from their defense, let's try that sentence again. <laughs> what did you like that Nashville brought that maybe you didn't feel like Winnipeg brought? Uh, the experience, the like, the defense was mostly it. Like, I just feel like any team that goes up against Nashville is going to have a hard time getting around them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think they're a team that like all things considered has a bit more going for them and the like the right ingredients to get them past Winnipeg. Awesome. That's great, man. Um let's get to the LA Kings who was my pick. Vegas was your pick, but we both <laughs> agreed on the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Uh who did you have for the uh, cuz you had Vegas versus San Jose, right? Yeah, I had the Sharks going down. The to win or to lose? to lose all right explain that uh i just like the sharks getting past anaheim will give them some momentum but i think after i have them going in six games they're going to be a bit tired to go up against the golden knights team i um i i think the golden knights if they can squeak by la it's going to be a long series but i think that's going to be the push that they need to get them into their playoff groove like they're going to have played seven games found their their sea legs and i think they're gonna 
they're going to do well after that. Yeah, I think any team that plays against Anaheim is barely, you know, going to get out alive just because Anaheim's such a physical team. Um, yeah. Like, there's no way that San Jose gets out of that, um, you know, that they get out of that round without, you know, a, an injury or two. Um, I don't mean... Antal's Getzlav, eight feet. <laughs> yeah, he's a monster, but it's more Kessler, you know, like... Yeah. Just the way that he plays, and, and, and you know, they, they play with a bit of a uh, an aggressive um, kind of side of their game as well, right? Um, yeah. I had L.A. versus San Jose, and I picked L.A. to beat San Jose. Um, okay, so we both had San Jose going down. We agree there. Yeah, and for me, it's uh, just the kind of poise that L.A. has. Fuck, I hate sounding like an intangible guy, because, you know, I'm not totally an analytical kind of thinker like i i do believe in some of the things that you can't account for using stats i'd probably say i'm probably like 60 40 stat guy versus not um and you know as far as i'm concerned i like to take in as much as i can to better understand you know the game that i love right when you look at the um the nhl.com statistical advantage i think this is brilliant um the sharks yeah just slay the kings uh their goals per game are higher uh the goals against per game la beats them (laughs) interesting uh power play percentage is better but la is a way better penalty kill um so it'll be interesting to see what happens there i i feel like you know taking the kings here is kind of a, a weird move and that the sharks have a really good chance of beating them and i feel like they have a good chance of beating the golden knights when you look at your um your bracket but what concerns me is that if they come out with any key injuries having just played uh, an anaheim team that is kind of out for blood as far as i'm concerned um you know i, th- I think la uh, could take them uh, and i think with la's kind of background and, and being a team that you know was really able to show up in the last five games of the season and crank it up for the playoffs they've done it before what's to say that they can't do it again yeah all right who did you have for your conference finals so i picked vegas to go on over nashville mm-hmm. um if we were going in so far as the statistics go the the cards are stacked against nashville or against vegas sorry <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say there's no way they're stacked against nashville um, but like the san jose vegas series isn't going to be a tiring series for vegas I feel like Winnipeg is going to pound the hell out of Nashville. Yeah, they could. And the pound the hell out of their defense, which is what their saving grace will be for me for them getting through the Winnipeg series. And they're going to have a tired defense coming into that conference final. Yeah, well, when and you looked at Nashville last year, they had a couple of injuries. Um, Ryan Johansson was injured. Obviously, he broke his leg. There were a couple yeah. of other injuries that really affected them in the conference finals and in the Stanley Cup finals. So, yeah, I could see where you're coming from on that. So, I I have Vegas going over Nashville. Um, but I, that, again, like if we see Florico out and anybody else, like whether it be Subban or their bucket of pucks go in the net, like it's gonna be um it's gonna be an interesting run that's for sure cool um i had winnipeg versus the la kings and i had winnipeg uh winning that um i know i'm like team winnipeg right now um so i when i did the statistical advantage through the simulator here uh winnipeg has a, a pretty large difference in goals per game 
Um, their power play percentage is about 3% higher. Uh, LA has a better penalty kill. Uh, and I think that when you look at power play goals and things like that, uh, a strong penalty kill is something that, you know, is good to yeah. have on your side. Winnipeg has better better face-off percentage. Uh, it's not a huge difference here. And when you look at the point percentage, you're looking at Winnipeg, which has 0. 0.69, which is a pretty yeah. nice number if you think about it, uh, versus LA, who has 59%. <laughs> or 0. 0.59, pardon me. Uh, so... I don't have much else to say about that. I, I really think that Winnipeg is going to be a dominant team coming out of the West. Yeah. And I think that, uh, yeah, like if LA doesn't get, um, you know, beat up by San Jose, it'll be interesting to see how that series goes if it if it happens. Um, I think that, uh, that Winnipeg versus uh, LA could be really, really fun and uh, definitely uh, interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. Cool, man. So you had the Vegas Golden Knights getting all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals? Just on my stubbornness alone. You are stubborn, but you know what? The first episode we recorded, I called you an idiot for thinking that they were going to even get into the playoffs, let alone the success that they had. Um, So this is what I'll say, and I'm saying it on air so I can't take it back. If the Vegas Golden Knights get to the Stanley Cup Finals... I will buy you a William Carlson jersey. Okay. Is that if um if if the uh, if the Jets get to the Stanley Cup Finals, I'll buy you a Lion A jersey. How about a Shifley jersey? There you go, a Shifley <laughs> jersey. There you go. I'd love that. So or a Brian Little jer- jersey. It has to be an ex Colt. Oh my goodness, <laughs> our boy Brian Little, the Barry Golden Boy. I love him so much. Okay, well we are. Uh, how long? We're about just about an hour into the podcast, so let's oh, get into shit. our East yeah, Coast predictions. <laughs> so let's get through our East Coast ones here. Let's not rush through them, but let's no. uh, let's get through them. So we'll start with the first round on the far right side. We've got the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New Jersey Devils. Uh, so the first seed and then a wild card. Uh, who did you have winning the TBL versus the NJD uh, so, series? Mine's a bit obvious, um, but that's um, I have Tampa Bay going, um, and like we, we saw them play go two zero and one without Stamkos mm-hmm. um, this last little stretch of the season, um, but Stamkos is hungry and he was skating and he has his eyes set on um, playing the first round, so I feel like he'll be back, um, and I don't feel like Hall's. Um, got enough weight to carry the show, the team on his own through a Tampa Bay series. So I have um, Tampa Bay going in four. Wow, that's exactly what I had. Oh, nice. Interesting. So um, one thing that I think I didn't give you enough credit for as a co-host, co-host this uh, this uh, season, our first season doing the podcast, was all of the conversation that you had around Yanni Gord. Because um, I remember getting the text message, you're like, next episode, I'm talking about this kid, Yanni Gord. And I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is that? Like, I knew he played for Syracuse, obviously. But um, yeah. 
he had an amazing season this year. Um, and yeah, yeah, you had some pretty good predictions uh, this this season. So I'm going to give you that. But yeah, I, Thanks, <laughs> I don't see a scenario where Tampa Bay doesn't come out of this uh, with, with the W. Um, I don't think Kincaid is going to continue to be a good goalie for the New Jersey Devils. He is a great Twitter follow, um, but he is not going to be able to beat uh, the likes of the top line uh, with uh, JT Miller, Stamkos, and Kucherov. Um, oh, absolutely not. Like, that line is gross. Uh, Kucherov, I think, is an incredible player. Um, and, and obviously, Stamkos, now that he's back, uh, I think that there's there's going to be some, some, some interesting things that happen in that series. Um, and as much as I love the story about Taylor Hall and um, what a great season he's had, and I look at that team as a whole, I look at, you know, guys like Kyle Palmieri, Nico Heischer, even Sammy Vatnin, who was able to kind of quarterback the power play um, in, in March for uh, for the Devils. It's, it's just interesting to see that, you know, they, they've had a really great season. Like, this is the team that picked first overall in June last year. Um, yeah. And to be back in the playoffs, I think, is phenomenal. Um, if Kincaid lets in a few stinkers, I think Corey Schneider is, I wouldn't say he's over the hill, but he's had a really, really bad season. Um, so they have to rely on a guy like Kincaid to be able to do it for them. And I just, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to see that. So, um, I have St. Louis, uh, or pardon me, (laughs) they didn't get in. I had (laughs) the Tampa Bay, uh, lightning going, uh, four and O against New Jersey. Yeah, well, you gotta listen to me, man. I, I, even though I'm not a stats guy, I know hockey players when I see them. I know you do. Okay, <laughs> so I'm interested in this one. This uh, series gives me all the feels in the world between Boston and Toronto. Uh, what did you have for Boston and Toronto in the first round? So I thought I picked Boston um, when I was texting you today, but I had Toronto going in seven. Mm. Um, it would be right if they won in seven in overtime, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Fuck. I, um, I, I texted you today. My hot take was if they can squeeze by Boston, they're going to take the cup. Yeah, I, I feel like Toronto's going to go a lot further than people think they will. Um, well, that's like because you, you have to like. I'll, I'll give a little bit of my bracket away. Like the the Pittsburgh Philly series is going to be wild. Well, and then, yeah, it'll be interesting. Then the like. Spoiler for my bracket, but Pittsburgh-Washington is going to be wild. Okay, don't give away too much because I have a differing thought on that. I know, but as soon as Pittsburgh reaches that conference final, the like the Leafs-Boston are going to be tired. Leafs against Tampa are going to be tired. But I think the Leafs, like being a far younger team, are going to be a lot less tired than the Penguins are come the conference final. Absolutely. So my my hot take is that the Leafs... If they can squeak by Boston, they have they have an amazing chance at taking that cup. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, um, the statistical advantage here says that uh, that Boston it's it's close, but Boston has the edge against Toronto. Obviously, yeah. Toronto can score goals whenever they want. Arguably, Boston can do the same thing. Toronto yeah. has. A tiny bit of an advantage on their power play. Uh, Boston's penalty kill is among the best in the league. Uh, Toronto's got better face-off percentage. But, you know, ultimately when we're looking at things like goals per game and goals against, um, I think if Toronto can outscore uh, Boston, I I think that they can go a little bit further. Kind of like what I said with Winnipeg uh, a little while ago. Um, 
for me, obviously, <clears throat> Austin Matthews, now that he's back, um, he's been just smoking hot. Um, I oh, love yeah. that line with Nylander and Hyman. I think that that's awesome. Obviously, the, the Patrick Marlowe signing, although I don't necessarily feel good about it a year and a half from now i feel good about it for now and well yeah he's he's gonna be that like maturity like that the leafs need to help them through the playoffs yeah and even with marlo on that line with with marner and kadri i think that they're an amazing line even strength oh man that's a crazy line yeah kadri's been turning it on obviously and i think when we look at a guy like jvr as well who's been playing a bit of a sheltered role, obviously, lots of time on the power play, but still playing on the third line with Bozak and Connor Brown. You know, he put up 36 goals this year, which in, in a league where it's hard to score goals, JVR doesn't seem to have a problem with it this this year, um, as I said, with yeah. 36 goals. And I think that they, the Leafs are a sleeper pick. Obviously, a lot of people look at it that way. I think you and I being fans of the team, um, It'll be interesting to see what they're able to do. But um, when I look at Frederick Anderson and and just how he's kind of dragged the Leafs in certain games, you know, so that they can win, um, he he dragged them kicking and screaming in a lot of those games where the Leafs didn't deserve to win. But because, you know, Freddie is steady, as it were, <laughs> he's just he's just been an incredible goalie, and and I uh, I was pretty critical of the that signing with Anderson um, yeah. when it happened, but I I totally take it back. Like he, he's been incredible. Now, if you look on the opposite side of the Bruins, Bruins have arguably the top line uh, in hockey, aside from that line that we talked about with Stamkos, Miller, and Kucherov with Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand. I'm hoping yeah. Marchand does something really stupid in the first couple of games. Not enough that he'll hurt somebody, but enough that he'll get suspended for three or four games. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bergeron will get hurt, and he'll but he'll be the most I don't, the most uh, most expensive paid player per game oh in the NHL God. again. Well, he's got a pretty good contract, though, so that might be hard to say. But I don't want anything to happen to Pasternak because I love Pasternak. <laughs> I don't want him scoring on the Leafs, obviously, but he's a fun player to watch. So I think it'll be interesting. I, I don't think that this is the same Boston Bruins team, um, you know, that uh, that people expected them to be after, you know, the year where they traded away everybody and had three pretty bad back-to-back-to-back picks. Um, you know, if they were in, like, any type of a rebuild stage, I think, you know, they're the real deal. They've, they've really lucked out on some of their prospects, like we've talked about before, Ryan Donato, um, who I know we've talked about, uh, you know, he seems to be a, a really great player. And I think when you look at goaltending, Tuka Rask is kind of always uh, a good option. Um, he has uh, 53 games of playoff experience, and he's got a .928 save percentage, which is pretty impressive. So if the Bruins yeah. are are expected to make a run, uh, I, I think that, that, that Tuco will kind of lead them there. Um, so do we both agree that the Leafs in seven, or are you... Uh, yeah. No, I Leafs in seven. Good choice. You and I can still be friends. Um, let's get into Washington, Columbus. Uh, you kind of let yours uh, go a little bit here. You honestly think Washington's going to win? Washington in four. Like Columbus has been playing some wild hockey this back half. Yeah. Like, all, like if you if you want, if any of you are avid TSN followers, there's a Columbus highlight every night. I love like, Columbus, man. I love Seth Jones, and I love Bobrovsky. And I think, I, like, I'm going to make mine short and sweet here. Um, I think that Columbus uh, beats Washington in six. Yeah. Um, 
statistically Washington is the team that's going to win, but every year they find a way to just drop the ball. Um, And maybe this is their year. Maybe it is. And you know what? I wouldn't be disappointed if, if this series broke my bracket or broke my Eastern conference. Yeah. But I, I just don't place enough faith in the goaltending. Um, Holtby has been a shell of himself this year. Grubauer yeah. has been a great goalie. Um, I just don't know if, if he can carry the team that far into the playoffs. And, yeah. and if, when I look on the other side, I think Bobrovsky has shown to be you know one of the best goaltenders in the league. And I think if, if Columbus can you know, kind of grind that particular team out. Like Washington has a lot of talent and, you know, obviously Columbus has had an amazing year with the likes of Artemi Panarin um, and, you know, Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones are, you know, probably one of the best, uh, you know, defensive tandems in the league. I, I just feel really good about Columbus taking the next step and uh, and, and beating the Capitals. Uh, did I say in six? In six. Yeah. Who did you have? You had uh, Washington and four. All right, man. We'll see about <laughs> that. Um, you already kind of spoiled your your Pittsburgh and Philly. Uh, oh man, they're just gonna pound on each other. These two guys or these two teams. Sorry. Okay. And you think Pitt's gonna come out ahead? In six games, um, I'm leaning six OT seven games. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a wild series. I'm so excited to watch that hockey. You know it's going to be like a bloodbath. I mean, at least maybe it will be. <laughs> I, I I think so. Like, it's it look, look at how these two teams play. Like, it's going to be such a fun, fun, like, stressful, like, series. I'm with you, buddy. Okay, well, um, I think that, uh, that Pittsburgh wins in five. Um, yeah. I don't know. I... I you you can never doubt Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel. You just can't. Oh well, they've they've all had their like ninety plus point seasons. Like it's yeah, insane. I don't see like, a circumstance where you know, and and I'm gonna get into this later in my Eastern Conference bracket, but I I just don't see any circumstance where Pittsburgh is able to. Like, I think Pittsburgh is very under the radar, which I know seems weird for a team that's won the last two cups in a row. But I think yeah. people are counting them out already. From a lot of the brackets yeah. I've seen, uh, people have them losing in the second round, uh, whether yeah. that's against Washington, which, haha, that'll never happen, um, or Columbus. Yeah. I, I just don't see it happening. So I've got, yeah. uh, I've got Pittsburgh um, uh, in five. Oh, nice. Cool. You think I'm going to beat you on that one? You really think that the Flyers are going to win? No, I, I said Pittsburgh. Oh, you said Pittsburgh. Sorry, man. I'm so caught yeah. up in my bracket, man. No, Pittsburgh and six. All right. Also, just a, a quick note here. I think Derek Brassard is going to be real good for the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> no, I honestly do. Like, I think I know Benino got a lot of clout when he played for Pittsburgh before going to Nashville, um, and they yeah. need kind of a strong third line center. Um, but that third line of Broussard, Kessel, and Connor Sherry is it's pretty good, man. Yeah. I like it a lot. I mean, I love Kessel. You know that. I'm, I'm, oh, I, I, we all love Kessel. I know. He's the, he's the picture-perfect athlete. There you go. <laughs> and he's got a he's good set of peak, hair. He's what peak athletic performance looks like. I love him. Okay, so let's move into our second round. You have uh, Tampa Bay versus Toronto. Who'd, Toronto. I had Toronto, too. 
I like if we're going by stats, the cards are stacked in Toronto's favor. Yeah, um, big time. And I, and you, like back to your point where like if they want to score goals, they're gonna do it. Yeah, like especially Matthews. Well, Tampa like actually has more goals per game. So it's three point five four versus three point two nine, but Toronto but, beats them in literally every other category per the website here. And and I think up against each other, like a team like Toronto, like with Marlowe kind of at their helm, like not like not literally at their helm, but like he's the guy that like can kind of help them keep their composure. Yeah. I, I think they're gonna carry over Tampa Bay for sure. Awesome. Cool, man. Glad we're on the same page with that. Um, and then we have Columbus and Pittsburgh, which I don't think, like, or, sorry, I do think that if Pittsburgh's able to get out of the Philly series alive, they're going to have a, an interesting time with Columbus, who's a team that's kind yeah. of been a bit of a, a thorn in their side the last few years. Uh, obviously, all the Dubinsky and Crosby shit aside, uh, I think that that could be a really interesting matchup. Um, when you look at the advantage here pittsburgh has it um five out of six like yeah. there i i think pittsburgh uh, you know has the potential to just dummy columbus but knowing that columbus can get under pittsburgh's skin so easily as they've been able to get under Crosby's skin in the past um it'll just be that'll be an interesting series man be very oh, interesting absolutely. um i have i have pitt winning that series who did you have um i've i've pittsburgh winning my series against washington okay so we're at our conference finals here we both have the same thing toronto versus pittsburgh what do you got there buddy i have pittsburgh going just because i want to see them do the three-peat yeah and i yeah like i i said it like the the fan in me or the like the Canadian in me wants to see Toronto triumph over Pittsburgh. Um, and I think they can do it and I think they will do it. But insofar as my bracket goes, I feel like Pittsburgh takes it over, um, over Toronto in this one. Interesting. So <laughs> this, uh, this is where we differ and this, there's a little bit of Homer in me here, uh, yeah. in thinking, but that I, I said it earlier, if they squeak by Boston, they're going to get the cup. I, I honestly think that they could beat Pittsburgh. Um, when you look at the advantages here, uh, their goals per game is identical, 3.29. Uh, Toronto has a better goals against. Uh, the power play is a smidge above for Pittsburgh, but Toronto wins in every other category. Better face-off, better penalty kill, better points percentage. Not by a huge margin, but it, it is better. Um, yeah. It would be really interesting to see. Like For me, it's very much like a narrative thing. Kessel's had mm -hmm. all of this success away from Toronto, but the other side of me as a Maple Leaf fan would love to see Toronto exact revenge. Although that doesn't really make sense because, you know, the, Kessel hasn't been a dick to Toronto in any way. He's kind of always been. No, he loves it there. He does. It would be interesting from a narrative perspective to see Toronto and Pittsburgh go head to head. Um, yeah. And I think in a Canadian market with Pittsburgh being such a huge team for Canadian fans, you know, for a, a number of reasons, but certainly Sidney Crosby lays, uh, it's, you know, into that. It, it would be really interesting to see. Um, I have uh, Toronto beating them in seven games, although it would not yeah. surprise me if, if Pittsburgh was able to dig deep. Uh, and if, if they had, you know, really, really great goaltending from Matt Murray, um, you know, it, it could go the other way. But absolutely, that's where I'm at now. So, 
Interesting. Now, you have your Stanley Cup final bracket in front of you. Remind the people who you had. Um, So I have Vegas, or, well, for my Stanley Cup, I have Pittsburgh officially winning it because I would love more than anything to see the three-peat. But I am rooting for Vegas to win it. I I think Vegas is taking Pittsburgh for sure. I think... Vegas is going to take the cup. Do me a quick favor, just because you have that pulled up there. Can you click on the um, the advantage, like the the stat advantage? It's right down the the middle, and the statistical edge is Vegas. Interesting. And so, and so if we look at things like goals per game, it's just a differential of point oh two. Yeah. Um, goals against Vegas has a huge um, like point two five difference. But like lower than Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, power play, uh, Pittsburgh has them by five points. Um, like, and then penalty kill, uh, Vegas has them by one and a half. Uh, faceoff win, not too much of a difference. Point percentage, um, they have them beat by 0.05, uh, or Vegas has Pittsburgh beat. But all in all, Vegas has the edge over Pittsburgh. Um, and I think if Vegas can get by. Um, Nashville, they're going to have a breeze against Pittsburgh. Amazing. Cool, man. Well, I had Winnipeg from the Western Conference, Toronto in the Eastern Conference. When you look at the um, statistics... Oh, man. Canada Canada would shut down. I know. Dude, I don't even want to think about it because I'm really pulling for Winnipeg from the Western side. And if they had to face Toronto, obviously Toronto is where my allegiance would be. But... It yeah. would be a really, really interesting matchup. When you look at the um, the advantage here um, from a stats perspective, Winnipeg uh, topples uh, Toronto basically in five out of six uh, five out of six categories, um, yeah. with Toronto having uh, a better power play. It's it would be really interesting, man. Like so many narratives, like Line A versus Matthews, obviously is one yeah. of the first things that comes to mind. But also two Canadian teams. We haven't had a Canadian team win the cup in so long. It would just be really, really cool to see, um, you know, hockey as a whole kind of come together for a series like this. Um, that would be amazing. I, I like legitimately, if I think about, you know, Toronto being the Eastern Conference you know canadian superpower and you know winnipeg really being the western conference superpower if the two of them get a chance to go head to head whether it's this year or years in the future uh, i think it would be interesting and with that being said my only real time being a homer uh, for the toronto Maple Leafs on this podcast i think toronto could win the cup this year so i have toronto beating winnipeg in six well that's the thing like so there's a there's a few different narratives that like I can see playing out and like that the fan in me wants to see. Yeah. Like the three peat for Pittsburgh would be amazing. Absolutely it would. Watching Toronto win after the season that they've had and especially if they can get past like the monster in Boston that like has always been there for them like they can't seem to get by them. Absolutely. If they can squeak by them th- I have them taking the cup. Vegas as a team that like is just coming into the league like seeing them taking the cup would be insane yeah exactly and then watching a nashville pittsburgh series and watching nashville take the cup over pittsburgh would be another narrative that would like just kind of like the the revenge cup exactly wild to see so it's especially after that forsberg 
Cole got called back last year. It'd be interesting oh, yeah. to see like, the revenge the side of it. Gonna, it would be so wild. So I think, like, no matter which way it plays out for me, like, I'm going to be happy this year. Like, I think the obvious ones are going to be gone right off the bat. So anything after the first round, like, anyone could win, and I would be completely happy with it. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, we are, uh, I I think we're done. I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to add. This episode was so much just about our our picks and and wanting to get those out into the... uh, into the podcast universe and and hopefully (laughs) i can reflect on my picks and and be happy with them and hopefully i'm not in a scenario where my bracket is broken after the first round but was there anything else that you wanted to add no i uh, i just need to get to bed i think i I wake up early there you go and listen (laughs) if if vegas ends up getting uh you know knocked out in the first round you can just say well i was really tired that night no i i like owning up to my mistakes i know Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> that's why I love you. Anyway, so playoffs start tomorrow. So this will be up on Wednesday, April 11th. Um, and, and I'll get that out before the playoffs start. So cool. looking forward to hey. it. Um, you and I will get together next week and discuss the first little bit of what's going on in the playoffs and continue to have some really great uh, playoff coverage uh, throughout the playoffs. Yeah, and, and everyone uh, just remember to wear your hockey jerseys for Humboldt on the 12th. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, as I said at the beginning of the episode, for me, it's it's hard to find the right words to say. I don't think you can ever find the right words to say with such um, such an incredible loss and tragedy happening to members of our hockey family um, out in Saskatchewan and uh, all across Canada. We're all feeling, uh, you know, lots of various emotions throughout this very difficult time. But like we said at the top of the episode, please consider donating to the GoFundMe. Um, I'll put that in the show notes so it's easy to find. And I know I've tweeted it on Twitter um, as well as Carter as well. So, um, you know, something to think about. Um, And as I said, it's just a really great way of giving back uh, to the families um, who have lost somebody. And that's that's that. So put your stick out for Humboldt. Um, I know I've got two twigs sitting outside. Um, it's been a really, really refreshing, amazing, positive thing to see on hockey Twitter, which is sometimes littered with garbage, um, to see yeah. everybody coming together and in solidarity, putting their sticks out. I imagine you've got a, a couple sticks outside yeah. your place as well. I, I've, I even put one outside of my work and, um, it hasn't been stolen in downtown Toronto. So the hockey world is good once again. Good. I'm really happy to hear that. So to uh to everybody who's listening as i said um continue to keep the the families of the humboldt broncos uh in your thoughts and prayers and we will be back in uh, a week's time for episode 12 so thanks and have some fun this playoff season yeah we're all looking forward to it anyways thanks for checking out episode 11 episode 12 coming out next week and we will see you guys then thanks for listening thank you guys